morning on the West Coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. This is the Structure First Power of Performance, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? My name is Jason Dice, broadcasting and podcasting live from the Structure First studio in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic there. A friendly reminder, if you want to hear the show, a couple new ways you can do it. You can head on over to the Structure First website. You'll see a tab called Eloquent Podcast. Podcast, easy for me to say. And, of course, you can always tell your smart speaker, play Structure First Power of Performance Podcast on TuneIn. It's important to include that TuneIn portion. There are so many podcast platforms out there that you do have to specify that, but your smart speaker will Say that, and just as an just as an observation, um, it just seems like everything is headed in that direction. Without a doubt, I would say the best Super Bowl commercial with Ellen and uh, Portia de Rossi, the one about what do we do before we had smart speakers, I thought was absolutely right, and also I, I think it kind of inspired this show because I've been thinking about that. For someone like me in Generation X, and that's the name of our show today, the Generation X. CEO, growing up even in college, something like the iPhone and the iPad and the iWatch and the Amazon Echo, all of that stuff was strictly science fiction. So that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, there is a, I noticed it last year, we had a, a right three in a row. We had three Gen X CEOs right in a row last summer and First of all, those shows were just wonderful. They were tons and tons of listens. Uh, we had three, yeah, three CEOs. Uh, one was not the CEO of a credit union, but of a QSO, uh, Becky Reed, Michael Armstrong from United Arkansas. And there is a unique perspective you have when you're in my generation, in Generation X. And I think it's actually a very, very good thing that Generation X is coming into those leadership roles. And although people argue about when did Generation X begin and when did it end, I think the accepted you know, years have been, well, the baby boom ended in 64. I don't know how they knew that, but that's what we've always said. So 65 to 81, it seems like an odd – I just think if you're in your 40s and 50s now, you, I think you probably consider yourself in Generation X. And if you look around, you've probably noticed there are not a lot of conference sessions or podcasts for that matter – talking about Generation X. It is a bit of an overlooked generation, understudied to some extent, and I think there's a reason for that. There are some real legitimate um, reasons from a demographic standpoint, and uh, we'll talk about that. But there is, I believe, in that mid-level right there, that 40- and 50-year-old perspective that is unique, that is unique because you cannot acquire uh, time if you're 23, 24 years old. It doesn't mean you're not smart, brilliant at what you do, but what you cannot acquire is experience when you're in your early 20s and maybe even in your early 30s, especially now where it seems like the, the young adulthood extends into the 30s. My goodness, I was in the Gulf War when I was 23 years old, and the guys called me pops because everyone else around me was 18 and 19 years old. Old And speaking of the Gulf War in 1991, if your branch, if your building, if your headquarters looks like it was designed in 1991, make sure you contact our friends at Structure First. Every branch, every building 
makes a statement, what is your saying? Is it saying something bold? Is it saying something exciting? Is it saying that we are going to be here when the Gen Xers like myself are in the you know, retirement home demanding that the guy at the piano stop playing the Perry Como tunes and starts playing you know, Rush and Van Halen and all that other stuff? I always tell the young people. I'm going to be addressing some young people next week. Said, you know, we are who we were. When I when I turned 40 or 50, I didn't start liking the music my parents liked when they were in their 40s and 50s. You are who you were. There is going to be a day, 70, 80 years in the future, where the people in the retirement homes will be demanding Jay-Z and Drake and all that other great music from this particular generation. But if it's been a while, if you're – if your facilities look generationally dated, you want to get a hold of Structure First. Now, one of the unique things about Structure First is that three principles, I believe, are all in that Generation X demographic. I'm not one of the principles, but I do the podcast, and I am also right there in Generation X. Grew up with three channels and PBS. Still not sure what that little U meant, Um I can remember uh, one of my chores on Saturday morning. Now, brace yourselves. It was to rake the carpet. Yes, we had the quintessential shag carpeting in our 1970s and 80s homes. And, of course, you would rake the carpet, and there you would find your baby sister or the cat or a BB gun or whatever else could get hidden down in there. You'd find the Viet Cong running around in there. And that was something that I did uh, as part of my Saturday morning chore so that I could earn my $2 a week allowance, which enabled me to buy one forty-five. Every week. And no uh, millennials, I'm not talking about the handgun. I'm talking about the little record that we used to listen to back before cassettes and CDs and uh, certainly MP3s and iTunes. So when we get back from the break, I want to talk about that. I, I think it is a good development. Of course, every generation thinks their generation is the best when it comes to leadership. But there is a unique generational dynamic at play in Generation X, which is why I think I – I got on so well um, with the three guys at Structure First, Britt, Eric, and Neil, because we did have that generational commonality. We talked about it when we met up in Austin. We did not grow up with you know, LinkedIn and Indeed.com and Monster.com and smartphones and things like that, and I think that gives us a unique perspective. We know what the world was like, and we know what the world is going to be like, and of course, that generational experience finds its way in and when you look at the buildings that structure first is designed you can see that you can see that you know focus on the future a complete departure from the velvet rope line jason robleski from al he had great that great visual imagery the velvet rope line that has been that has been tossed into the ash of generational history and we're moving forward and like i said after the break we're going to talk about what does it mean that we have these gen x ceos coming into the banking marketplace I think it's a good thing. Again, a little self-serving in that regard, but I'll tell you why, and we'll do it all right after this. Headquarters, branches, and transformations at the next generation financial spaces. Find it all at structurefirst.net. Listening to this 
Infrastructure First Power Performance Podcast, conference quality information without the expense report, without the rubber chicken dinner and everything else that you come to know and love at your average conference. Hey, listen, uh, let's talk about Generation X moving into the CEO's office. I had a message on LinkedIn earlier this week from someone who was just made a CEO of a credit union. We're going to get him on the air. And I asked that question. I said, do you think it is an advantage being in Generation X now that you have ascended to that role? And and he agreed. It, we talked about that perspective of having lived through a world without, having lived through the velvet rope line to the, you know, the instantaneous acquisition of information in the palm of our hand with these smart devices, the only thing I can compare that level of advancement to, and I use this example all the time when I'm talking to people, is going from that you know rickety flight at Kitty Hawk in the early 20th century to landing on the moon in 19. 19- 69 is a technological leap that will probably never, ever be mirrored again. But of course, going from having to stop the car to get out, open the trunk and answer the bag phone to the iPhones that we all carry around now is is a close second in my estimation. Let's talk a little bit about Gen X. Like I said, for whatever reason, while most generations are given a 20-year uh, window, this is something that it makes absolutely no sense to argue about. Every, you know, when I would, I would do my keynote years ago, generations, and people would come up right afterwards and say, well, what generation am I in? Because I was born in 64, or I was born in 80. Or it, I think we waste way too much time thinking about that. You know, you, if you're a Generation X, you know who you are. And it's, it is interesting that the experience is obviously no logic in generalizations. But, you know, there are some things that we know for certain about Generation X. We know for a fact that the economic downturn in the 1970s had a tremendous impact on birth rates and increasingly um, uh, culture and and country that was not as adverse to divorce, that also impacted the birth rate. There were some other things that were happening, Uh, the the ability of, you know, the birth control. We're all adults here. All that stuff impacted the generation. So on one hand, you have, you know, almost 80 million baby boomers, almost 80 million millennials, and in between, you've got 40 million Gen Xers, which is also going to make the competition for that C-level talent in the next Next 10 years or so, something that we're all going to have to deal with. Now, one of the things in terms of management style, if we are who we were, like many Gen Xers, when I came home from school in the afternoon, I did not text my parents and let them know I was home. I basically let myself into the house, uh, made myself a snack, and sat down and watched reruns. Um, You you were supposed to do your homework, but I never actually did homework in a high school, which would probably explain why I graduated in the bottom fifth of my class, way, way down on the list. There was simply no mechanism for doing that. Um, We did not sit around watching YouTube videos on our phones. I remember I had this idea for a cooking show. What what do young people cook or what do they make for snacks when they come home from school? And I thought I could videotape this, but how would I share it with anybody? Of course, today you could do that in milliseconds. But there is something about this, what they used to call the latchkey generation, that is impacting the way a lot of Gen X CEOs are working. It, it, if we are who we were, being left to our own devices, there's a certain independence that runs through Generation 
X, which may or may not be the best thing when you're managing a, a group of people like the millennials who actually do like a lot of feedback on their work and, you know, immediate and constant feedback about what they're doing. And so that's just one of the one of the waypoints that I say, okay, if you're a Gen X CEO, that's something, remember, you are who you are, but the people that you might be leading may have a very, very different generational background. The other thing about Generation X that I think is very, very interesting is that in many ways, um, their their perception was formed by quite a bit of adversity. You know, if you grew up in the 70s and early 80s, it's a pretty prolonged period of what we would consider an economic doldrums in some ways. And I think that has led to sort of a combination of being conservative, but also being very um, adventurous and w- wanting to try to find ways to do things that are new and different. Like I said, the, the I can remember 1990 was probably the loneliest year of my life. I was out of the Army. I was in my first year of college, and I remember just looking around going, I've got a typewriter on the little kitchen table in my apartment. Where are the robots? Where are the supercomputers? Where were all these things that I saw in Star Wars and Star Trek? And it just seemed like it was never going to get there. I I did not have a computer the entire time I was in college. You know, these great – generational questions I used to ask when I was speaking. I would say, okay, if you want to know what generation you're in, ask yourself this question. Who is Ron Howard to you? Um, now I would ask, were your grandparents on Facebook? You know, how many channels did you have when you were a teenager? And of course, what kind of cell phone did you have when you were a teenager? And of course, Gen Xers and baby boomers are all going to say you know, none to those, to those questions. I've said in the past that it's really smart to think about it as Boomer X and Generation Next, and the Gen Xers right there in that 40- and 50-year-old range. I think that one of the things that we're going to see as Generation X comes in to the marketplace is they will not be so quick to dismiss new ideas because it all seems possible now. Uh, In 2000, I was actually out there hustling and selling internet banking and bill pay to financial brands, to banks and credit unions, and had the real-life experience of being laughed out of the room. Uh, People, go on, kid, nice try. No one's ever going to put their banking information on a computer. And as a Gen Xer, I, I knew that someday they would, but it was very difficult to convince people who had grown up with absolutely no technology whatsoever, especially when those boards at the time were made up of what we would call the World War II generation. These were 70 and 80-year-old guys in many cases who, who really did not see that potential. I did right away, and I think that is something that Generation X continues to have and use to its advantage. The, the ability of what is possible to go from three channels and PBS to cable television, 24 channels. I'll never forget that summer when we got cable television. I don't think we took the wiffle ball bat out of the garage one time that summer to, to go from having a my first laptop computer with I think it was 16 megabytes of RAM to having a you know how many gigs on your phone nowadays I think we've seen the speed with which technology can change the marketplace and so I don't think we're going to get surprised by it I actually think it is a very very good thing 
that Generation X is coming into leadership positions, especially in banking brands and especially in design brands. We've seen it all. We have seen the shag carpeting, the wood paneling to the open design and the granite and the, and the hardwood floors and the cement staining and all the beautiful designs you see out there in the world today. We've lived in all of those structures, and we can, I think we can see what the future is going to look like based upon our experience, which, like I said, you cannot gain experience from a conference session or a, a college degree. We grow up a certain way. We experience certain things. And when I think about it in the musical performance vernacular, when you look at a orchestra, if you notice, the director is never stage left or stage right. The director is always right there in the middle. Now, there is a practical reason for that. Musicians that play in orchestra, orchestras have to be able to read the music on the page and out of their peripheral vision, keep in time with the hands and the changes and the tempo and the volumes and the crescendos that are being controlled by the baton of the conductor. In a, in a musical way, I think Generation X being right there in the middle, and of course the conductor is elevated, looking out over the entire orchestra, I think that is, that is a great metaphor or an analogy, I never know which it is, right now as Generation X takes that seat in the CEO's office in the middle of this generational American experience. A 58-year-old CEO can remember filling out deposit slips by hand but has also checked his balance or transferred money to his college students using the simple touch of a screen or the facial recognition. The fact that we're going to be doing these transactions with voice-directed smart speakers in our cars, in our homes, anywhere, that's not going to seem so fantastical to Generation X. The only thing I would say as a bit of a heads-up is the thing I talked about before. Being to ourselves, being comfortable within our own experiences is something we may have to unlearn when we ascend to these levels of leadership because the generation coming up after us enjoys a lot of constant feedback and is accustomed to getting instant feedback. Just think about the, think about the social media platforms Generation Next uses, Instagram, Snapchat. It's all very, very Fast. And I think in some ways, Generation X represents the last generation in that 60 beats per minute tempo and comfortable in that. Now, we can move in and out of those worlds. You know, we, we all technologically savvy now and having acquired those skills primarily in the workplace, not for pleasure, I think shows us how we can use that. We see how our kids use it and will allow us to lead those organizations in a very, very thoughtful and proactive way. And then finally, the only other thing I would say as not a, not a warning, but just as an advisement, we're going to get to a point where there are not enough people in their 50s and 60s to take over into these positions. Like I said, you had 80 million baby boomers that will be vacating the workforce and only 40 million Gen Xers to take their place. So that's one reason as Gen X leaders, we do not want to um, take training out of the budget. We want to stay engaged with Generation Next, and we've got to thoughtfully start thinking about who are going to be the leaders in our organization going forward because the Gen X leadership, the age and experience that companies are going to be looking for, there are simply fewer people out there that will have those two combined skills, expertise and leadership and experience 
over the next 10 years. So it's something we'll continue to talk about. Generational things have always been um, the thing I'm most passionate about when I talk about these things. And uh, we'll see how it goes. Well, we're going to have some Gen X CEOs and employees coming up on the show. And it'll be fun to look back and just kind of reminisce about what it was, what it's been like this, you know, 20 years since 2000, this amazing technological evolution, revolution, whatever you want to call it. So, hey, my name is Jason Dice. You've been listening to the Structure First Power Performance podcast, the show that asked the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? That band or that orchestra may very well soon be led almost entirely by a generation that grew up with shag carpeting, wood paneling, and in my case, a 10-inch black and white television where I watched Star Trek reruns and Gilligan's Island and MASH reruns. And of course, millennials, you can you can go right to your smartphones and look up what are reruns. Hey folks, until next we speak, I will talk to you all next week. Take care. The ship was tossing. If not for the courage of the fearless crew, the minnow would be lost. The minnow would be lost. The ship's